the Lord told me to go back over the vision of this church. So I've entitled today's message, The Vision. A lot of you were not here when, uh, you know, our family was asked to shepherd this church. And so I'm going to share again today the vision that God placed in our hearts when our family was asked to shepherd this body of believers. Okay, so before I start, I just want to clarify that we know in the new covenant that we are the temple of the Lord, right? We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit resides in every believer, okay? And so we are the temple of the Lord, but this place is a place that he has given us in which to dwell, and we are so thankful for it. If I could explain to you the miracles that have occurred to allow us to stay in this church, you couldn't help but dance and praise and sing hallelujah to your Lord. <laughs> Amazing miracles. But anyway, he has given us this place to come together, to edify one another, to lift up, to honor, to glorify him, our good Lord, the King of kings, the Lord of majesty, the mighty and holy one. He has given us this place to come in communion with one another in his presence. We would not want to be here if we were not within his presence. And he meets us here all the time. So we have come to commune with him and to commune with one another in his presence. Hallelujah. And we praise him for the gift of this actual physical building and this actual physical uh, premises. We praise him for that. It's all because of him. And we get to come here and we get to share and we get to accomplish his mission because we're yielded, right? We're, we're, we're always reminding ourselves to be yielded unto our Lord. So he has given this place for us to unite and to build a foundation in him. You guys are a foundation of unity. You know, there is no strife in this church. I'm so thankful. I can't even, there's none. There's none. When, when we first started, he said to, um, to express that people would know the love of God here that they would come to know the love of God. And that is our mission. We want to reach out to others with the love and the glory of God because the, the glory follows the love, doesn't it? So the first thing we did when we, when we were asked to shepherd this church is we, our family, of course I went to all of the whole family, because we didn't want any strife or disagreement in our family, okay? And Ken, he's my, the wonderful head of our home. <laughs> Ken was, like, all on board before I could even get the words out. So you may see a female pastor standing here, 
but there is my husband who is the backbone of what we do. I mean, next to Christ, okay? But I'm just saying in the natural. So he was all on board. Before I could even get the words out, he saw the vision. The kids saw the vision. There was not a single person who even had a hesitancy about it when we discussed it. So anyway, the first thing we did is we rededicated this building and these grounds to God. We prayed over it. We anointed every doorway with oil. This whole property was anointed. And God instructed us that this is holy ground. This is holy ground. When you come into these doors, you are stepping. When you come onto this property, you are stepping on holy ground. And I don't say that arrogantly. It's because of the presence of the Lord. Everything I say today, none of it is meant in arrogance or pridefulness. It's all because of God's presence and because of what he has spoken, the vision he gave, and I believe God when he speaks. So anyway, he told us that we were on holy ground, and he told us never to conduct a non-ministry activity on these premises. Everything that happens on these premises has to be ministry-related, not for private gain, okay? And I don't think you'll find a lot of uh, churches that are that way, but that's what the Lord told us. It had to be that way here. Um, he instructed me at that point to go to Second Chronicles. I did not put these scriptures together. Okay? The Lord just said, go to this scripture, go to this scripture, go to this scripture. And um, so he told me to go to Second Chronicles where Solomon prayed and, and dedicated the temple throughout, you know, that book. So we're going to start in Second Chronicles 6, verses 1 and 2. Then Solomon said, The Lord has said that he would dwell in a dark cloud. I have built a magnificent temple for you. Okay, I, I just want to clarify that when we are speaking about these scriptures, the Lord specifically gave them to me as a type and shadow. Okay, so remember that as we're going through these, um, talking about the temple and all that kind of stuff. He gave them to me, and he said it was a type and shadow of what he was going to accomplish in this church. Okay? All right. I have built, you know, not me. That's why I don't want to qualify this every time today, okay? Do you get what I'm saying? Do people get what I'm saying? Okay. We know it's Jesus. Not me. Nothing to do about me. The less you look at me, the happier I am. In truth, that, that is true. That is absolutely true. I have built a magnificent temple for you, a place for you to dwell forever. So I know Jesus meets us here. Um, so then Solomon, he spoke to the Lord about the temple he built, and it was for the name of the Lord. Okay, key. For the name of the Lord. And that's what the Lord reminded me about what we are doing here. And so Solomon reminded the Lord of his promises. And that's what we do. We remind the Lord of the promises. Anything that is promised to you in the word, 
You don't ask for it. You receive it. You remind the Lord that it's a promise. I mean, he already knows it, but you really got to remind yourself. Okay? Second Chronicles 6, 19 through 21. Yet give attention to your servant's prayer and his plea for mercy. O Lord my God, hear the cry and the prayer that your servant is praying in your presence. Because we know that we need the Lord's mercy at all times, right? May your eyes be open toward this temple day and night. This place in which you said you would put your name here. Because the Lord said that to me. He said he was going to put his name here. He said that his eyes and his ears would always be open to hear. That's why I'm saying that this is a type and shadow. And when I say these things about this church, I couldn't be more serious that this is what the Lord has promised. I'm not saying that he doesn't promise it to other pastors in other churches. Do you understand that? Okay, I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying this is what he has promised us. And the people, the family that he has sent to reside here. And the family that is yet to come. You would put your name there. May you hear the prayer your servant prays toward this place. Hear the supplications of your servant and of your people, Israel. We know that we are grafted in, and like I say, it's a type and shadow. When they pray toward this place, hear from heaven your dwelling place, and when you hear, forgive. So when we prayed over the place, all these premises, we asked forgiveness for anything that was ever done. We repented whether I knew what had gone on prior to here or not, okay? But we can come and we can ask for forgiveness and cleansing. And that's what we did when we anointed the place with oil. So Solomon dedicates the temple. Um, let's go to Second Chronicles 7, verse 1. When Solomon finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offerings and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. That is his promise to you and me, sister and brother. That is his promise for his presence to dwell here. The priest could not enter the temple of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled it. When all the Israelites saw the fire coming down and the glory of the Lord above the temple, they knelt on the pavement with their faces to the ground and they worshipped and gave thanks to the Lord, saying, He is good, his love endures forever. Hallelujah. His love endures. His love is in this place. His love is in your hearts. It endures forever. It is the most important thing. Love never fails. It is our guidepost, the love of Jesus. We worship here. This is not, this is not something we do do it at the beginning of service, but it is not something that we just do because that's what we're supposed to do. 
When we worship, I truly, truly believe that the Lord inhabits our praises. It changes your hearts, and it in, he inhabits our praises. We worship him to experience him in fullness and in glory. I honestly don't know how anyone can sit during worship. Get up out of your chairs and engage with God. Second Chronicles 7, 11 through 16. When Solomon had finished the temple of the Lord and the royal palace and had succeeded in carrying out all he had in mind to do in the temple of the Lord and in his own palace, the Lord appeared to him at night and said, I have heard your prayer. You know, the Lord is so good because he said all this stuff right as we were beginning. And I can't even hardly get through it without crying. It's not a show. It's not even an emotional uh, situation. It's that the goodness of God, and he, he speaks to us, and he shows us in his word, and he confirms things. And when we call out to him, and when we pray, he talks to us. And I'm just so thankful, because you can imagine a new family coming in, and, you know, all the things. We didn't even, we didn't even think about so many things. We just said, yes, that's all. That was basically what happened. We knew nothing about anything. And we just said, yes, Lord. So this was all such a wonderful confirmation, and it's still confirmation in, in our hearts today, and I'm hoping that it's confirmation for you and what your mission really is. The Lord appeared to him at night and said, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. Now we know that we do not sacrifice bulls and goats and all those things. Our sacrifice is worship. Our sacrifice is praise. Our sacrifice is thanksgiving. Putting him first in all things. Humbling ourselves. Praising him. Glorifying him. Honoring him. Lifting him up. That's our sacrifice. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour, devour the land or send a plague among my people, if my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. That's why we talk about being yielded to the Lord, being yielded to the Lord, and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive. Thank you. Thank you. It says will. You're not a beggar. I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Repeatedly, the Lord has said, this is a place where people will come and be healed. In, ma in many ways. This is a place of forgiveness. This is not a place of judgmentalism. At least I don't believe that it is. I do believe it is a place where people truly do come in and receive the love of God. Because the lo and, and it is the love of God that heals people. And people will receive forgiveness and healing when they understand how much God loves them. 
Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. That is powerful. That is. Yes. I have chosen and consecrated this temple so that my name may be there forever. I believe that. I don't believe that this church is ever going to see the end of days where the glory of the Lord does not inhabit this place. My eyes and my heart will always be there. You see, this is you. The eyes and the heart of the Lord are with you. They are there for you. So why is this important? Why are these scriptures important? Because God has promised us, this family of believers, that his name, his heart, his eyes will be here. He is attentive to our cry. You have not come to a church formed of human will. You haven't done that. If you knew my backstory, you would know how true that is. And I'm not going to go into that today because I have a lot I want to cover. But you have not come to a church formed of human will. You have come to a place dedicated to the Lord of glory, dedicated to the King of kings. And he is watching over this church And he is watching over all who enter here. So secondly then, the Lord spoke to me that this church, this body of believers, you know know what I mean when I say that, right? Okay. Would be his river. I did not name this church, by the way. It would be his river flowing from his throne to accomplish all that the river accomplishes. That's the Ezekiel River, and it's a Revelation River. Rivers bring refreshing. Rivers bring sustenance. Rivers bring life. The life of the Word, the life of the King of Glory. Life lives in the river. River of of the life of God, okay? So when you think of the word, of the name, River City Church, (laughs) understand, think immediately about the river of life of God, okay? So Ezekiel 47.1. The man brought me back to the entrance of the temple, and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. For the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. You know, hey, Ken, is Ken in here? What direction is this? Does somebody know? What's this? Is this south? Okay, you know what? I had never thought about that before. 
And when I was, when the Lord was preparing this sermon through me, he said, Lisa Marie, where is your, where is your pulpit? It's at the south. Isn't that awesome? Not from me. I'm not saying the river flows from me. Okay, you, you got that, right? But he said it came from the south. Well, I thought that was pretty neat, personally. <laughs> south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east, and the water was flowing from the south side as the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits, cubits and led me through water that was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand cubit, cubits and led me through water that was up to his waist. He measured off another thousand and now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in it, a river that no one could cross. You see, as, hallelujah, as the river flows from the throne of God, it gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And those of us who have chosen to allow the flow of the Holy Spirit to, to, to flow through us. We, we get into waters that are deeper and deeper and deeper. And, you know, we just, we're, we're, you're just swimming in the glory of the Lord. And that, that glory is meant to touch people. That river's going to bring people sustenance and life. A river that no one could cross. You know, that's, that's like... The river, as it gets deeper and deeper, that's revelation upon revelation of the heart of God for you in your life. The depths and the height and the width and the breadth of all that God is. That's what he has for us. We don't need to just be waiting because he has so much more. There is no end. If you think about the river, it just goes on and on and flows deeper and deeper and deeper. There is absolutely no end to the blessing of the promises of God, to the divine nature being manifested in your lives. Because that's his heart for you. His flowing, in other words, the fullness of Christ just flowing and flowing. He asked me, son of man, do you see this? Now, that's the entire question right there. That, that is the entire question. Are you going to see it? Are you going to embrace it? Are you going to say, yes, I'm all in? I'm all in. Do we see what God sees? Will we embrace his vision? Will we embrace the fullness, not just a little bitty part of the vision? Will we embrace the fullness of the vision that he has given us for this church, for this body, for you and I? And it takes, here, here's the key, and, and I know I get on people about not being here. I know that, and I'm, 
I'm not sorry. (laughs) Because it takes all of us together engaging. Do you know that when you are not here for a Sunday, you are missed? And I'm not just talking about like in a personal human way. What you bring spiritually to this family is missed. And I understand vacations, okay? I I get that. Occasionally we need to go away. And and we have times of refreshing, and, and that's wonderful. But like to just sort of habitually miss. You're missed. Your spirit, the wealth of who God created you to be is needed because every part is needed in the body. Every part is important to the body. We can't do without you. So are we going to embrace it? Get back on plan. That was a side. Are we going to embrace his plan? Are we going to embrace his vision? Are we going to believe for his fullness his completeness, his glory that fills the temple. Are we going to believe for that? Emanating, emanating from the temple, emanating from you, the river of the life of God, deeper and deeper as it's released from this place and then as it's released in you, through you. Because his arm, his arm is not short. Have you ever read that in Isaiah? His arm is not short for those of us who are going to choose to believe him in totality. His arm is not short. He knows how to keep his promises without reservation. We want to see him, and we will see what he will do, what he will accomplish through us when we fully trust him for the wholeness, the fullness, the completeness the all in all. Isaiah 53, who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Okay, I want it revealed to me and I want to embrace it totally. And speaking of Jesus, he grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. But you see, Jesus is in our midst. He is in us. For those of us who have chosen to accept him who have t- and, and in life who choose to accept his vision, his mission, his goals and plans, his word does not return void. He is with us. He is in us. He is here. And I mean that when I say that, I mean he is here. Um, You are now that arm that's not too short, the arm of the Lord. You are the arm of the Lord. And you don't want to cut it off by not embracing his vision. You see that? You are meant to be the arm of the Lord. And Jesus has been revealed to us here. Every he 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 meets us here every time, and his fullness is going to be revealed through you. And there's a person who has come here, um, and I was given permission to share this, okay? But one of the first few times that the, a particular person came here, she told me, and I don't remember if it was during worship or 
if it was the whole service or if it was um, during the word portion. I, I don't remember when it was, what, or if it was just the whole service. But she said she looked up, and all she saw was Jesus' face filling this whole building. He's here, beloved. He's in you, beloved. But he's watching over us. So anyway, I wanted to share that with you because I thought that was powerful. Hebrews 12. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly. And if I could tell you All the people that have seen angels in this building during worship and during the sermons, you you would be so thrilled. Thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all men, to the spirits of righteous men made perfect. In Jesus, that's what happens. To Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. You have come to this. See to it that you do not refuse. See what you've been given? Do you see what you've come to in Jesus? Do you see what you've come to? to embrace when we come into this place and worship and unite to glorify our Father. Now, the blood's already been shed for you, okay? You you understand I'm talking about, not talking about that. I am talking about the blood, though, because it has done a mighty work in you. It says, see to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. Do not refuse him who speaks, and do not refuse the vision that he has given. When he speaks, we must listen wholeheartedly, without reservation. We must listen with passion. We must be passionate about our Jesus and all that he has done. We must be passionate about the vision. We must speak the vision. We must speak it. And we must prophesy it. His revelation. Embracing what he has told us he is going to accomplish and bring forth and manifest through you in this place. Or through this place. We must perpetually Believe for the more. Never be settled in what we have today. Every day, I ask the Lord, every single day, every single day, I say, teach me something new, Lord, today. Let me, let me see something new of you every day, please, please. I just want to know more about you today than I knew yesterday. God's Holy Spirit, river of anointing, flowing so fully and so freely without borders. Do we get that? Do we get without borders? We're not supposed to have, we can have boundaries in terms of sin, okay? 
right? But the love is not supposed to have borders. Love does not judge by what they, it sees on the outside. You understand what I'm saying? Love doesn't judge that way. So our love cannot have borders. And when we run into something that's disagreeable to us, our love still has to extend. So deep, this river, so deep that we cannot stand in it. Deeper and deeper and deeper as it goes forth, as you go forth, deeper and deeper and deeper in the things of God. Swimming in the anointing. Swimming, that's what I believe for each and every one of you. I pray that for you guys. Swimming in the anointing. So anyway, back to Ezekiel. I believe that this is what God has for us. I believe that the river is you. I believe that it is the believers united under the call and under the vision and under the mission of God. I believe that. And each one of you is an intricate part of that. So Ezekiel 47, um, starting midway through verse 6. Then he led me back to the bank of the river. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, This water flows toward the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah, where it enters the sea. When it empties into the sea, there is a sea of humanity waiting for you, beloved. The water there becomes fresh. Will you please think about that? There is the sea of humanity. And when you enter there, that water becomes fresh for those people. You get that? The water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. That's what you bring to every situation in your life when you are a born-again believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what you get to bring. That is our joy, to be able to bring that. Wherever the river flows, everything will live. Fishermen will stand along the shore from En Gedi to En Eglam. There will be places for spreading nets. God has given you a place to spread your net. Don't think that he hasn't. Don't make excuses. The fish will be of many kinds, like the fish of the great sea. But the swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Nor will their fruit fail fail. Every month they will bear because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. So here we have this unending life, this 
um, unending supply, this continued, continued, continual fruitfulness of God. And wherever it goes, in other words, wherever you go, wherever I go, wherever we go, everything lives. Gosh, did anyone in this room hear what I just said? Where you go, everything lives. Praise God. We are his river of healing, reaching countless people of every race, of every nationality, of every everything. You get to reach. You get to reach. You get to reach. E- each and every one of you. We, sp- we spread our nets to gather in this, this, these fish, these people. Wherever our river reaches, everything lives. Fruitfulness abounds. Fruitfulness in every dimension of life. We're talking about every dimension of life. Any, and and what, it, what is it bringing? It's bringing the character of God. You are bringing the character of God. See that? Nothing else can flow in that river but the character of God. His likeness, his likeness, spreading out, flowing as a river out of you, producing fruit month to month. It says month to month. It does not say season to season. It doesn't say that. Now, we think of it in the natural, and we think, well, peach trees only produce for, you know, this month in the, in the winter. I mean, in the summer. Right? Well, that's not you. Every month, month to month, not season to season. It doesn't say that you have to have dry seasons. It doesn't, have to say, it doesn't say that you have to have fruitless seasons. Okay? It says month to month, never ceasing to yield fruit at any time. Our leaves are leaves of healing. And our fruit will never fail. I prophesy over you that your fruit shall never fail. My fruit shall never fail. So then the third part of the vision that God gave me was in Revelation 22, uh, starting in verse 1. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life. Okay, to me, I mean, over and over, he's just confirming this river of life through this as, you know, he's showing me these scriptures time and time again, the flow of the river from this church, from you as a body of believers. So then the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal. Do you know he is producing in you an, a spotless bride? Holy, perfect, holy, pure. as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, because that's where it comes from, down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The curse cannot live where the river flows. Period. Period. 
No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city. Beloved, you have come to an open heaven. You have come to an open heaven. The heavens are not brass above you. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. We serve him and him alone. We serve God and God alone. We serve Jesus and Jesus alone. He is the throne of our hearts. Right? He is the throne of my heart. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. Now, I understand this is talking about when we are in heaven. I get that. But, but he told me to use these things as a type and shadow. Behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy in this book. Verse 12, Behold, I am coming soon. Beloved, prepare ye the way. He is coming soon. Be a bridge, be a river for those who need to know him. Behold, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those, listen, listen, blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Beloved, he has washed your robes. The blood of Jesus has given you pure clean robes. Today is the day of salvation. Yes, this refers to salvation, the washing of the robes. He is the one that has washed our robes. All credit, all glory, all honor is due to him and no other. Beloved, you and I are here on a sacred mission you have a sacred mission. Every person here has a sacred mission for God's glory to fill this earth. Do not take this lightly. Let it direct you. Let it be your compass. So that multitudes, it says multitudes of fish, people, people of course, receive the right to the tree of life and get to go through the gates of the city into the throne room of God. Wow. Wow. but we want them first to understand his presence here, right? We want them first, we want them to experience his love here. We want, to ex them, them, we want them to experience God's river of life here. 
and you get to be that. And then they get to dwell eternally in the love of God, of course, right? But you want them to taste and see that the Lord is good here. To taste and see that the Lord is good here. And the fact that God has placed you in this church with this vision is no small matter. Do not despise small beginnings. See, I don't, even, I don't even look at our beginnings as small because I see the magnitude of the vision. See that? I see it big. I see it huge. I see it, I mean, I, I see it like, like just, just huge. I don't even know what word to even use for that. Because I'm believing for the all. I know for the all. I know it's here. I know, you understand? I know the vision is true. So I believe for the fullness of it. And I want you to believe for the fullness of it. I want you to understand what you're a part of. So anyway, that's what the Lord, the Lord told me to share with you because it is important to be united. 